1: That's sleepingdogsmovie dot com
0: slash wondery. Hello, and welcome to Baseball BarbaCast, the only baseball podcast in the entire world that knows the truth. Trey Turner is a Padre, really? Mm-hmm. Oh my, what? Well, Shouldn't? He's a Padre Trae Turner. Hey, hey, everybody! Did everyone? This is this is a huge deal, and I'm looking around the lobby, and people are just milling about as if he's a Philly. His first son, Beckham Dash Turner, was born back in 2018. Oh, man, so fatherhood oh. is something he's familiar with. Oof. And father in Spanish means Padre. So yes, <laughs> Trey Turner is indeed a Padre. Open oh. your third eye, everybody.
1: I'm Jake Mintz. Good morning. That's Jordan Schusterman. Who, Padres fans are not happy with us right now, but uh, but yes, I'm here. Uh, sitting next to you here at the winter meetings, and it's day two, mm. and this is usually when shit starts popping off. And it I'm popped excited. off yesterday. We got it, Turner. It did. And it Justin did. Justin Verlander. And I think yesterday was was great for us in that we got this. The timing of the moves was so perfect for our morning and, and evening recordings. Whereas today, maybe we'll get a little bit more chaos. Where we're running around like, oh, we got to talk about this. Oh, but wait, there's something else just happened, and X Y Z. So I'm excited about today. A lot of energy. Aaron Judges is maybe showing up. We're going to talk about that in a second. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time.
0: We're going to talk about the San Diego Padres. We're going to talk about who in the world is running the Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about SNY's Andy Martino's bizarre sock length, as I can see right now <laughs> in the winter meetings uh, lobby floor. Mm-hmm. We're going to go through some of the smaller mm-hmm. signings that have rocked mm-hmm. this winter meetings. But we begin with pressure because – uh, as a certain World Cup ad has said over and over and over again in the last couple of weeks, pressure makes diamonds. And we're going to go through five teams, four teams and one agent, who have to do something here at mm. the Winter Meetings. Where they're The groups that have urgency, the groups that if they leave here empty-handed, nothing to show for it, there will be disappointment.
1: Now, you say pressure makes diamonds, and hopefully that means pressure makes transactions, which is really what we care about. But I might also say... That pressure, pressure is a privilege, Jake. And pressure mm, also mm. implies that people really give a shit about your baseball team this winter. And the teams we're going to talk about certainly have fan bases uh, that really, really, really care. So let's give us uh, our, our, our list of five. And let's start with numero uno, led by newly extended general manager, Brian Cashman, forever. Quick, quickly on that. How do they decide it's a four-year deal? Because it's just like, eh, four years, 40 years,
0: what difference does it make? You'll be here as long as he wants. He's like a Supreme Court justice, (laughs) right? He's (laughs) in charge of the Yankees until there's a scandal,
1: Mm -hmm. he dies, or he (laughs) leaves. Uh, yeah, of his own volition. And, and and But they're like four years. Sure, whatever. I, we just don't want to talk about this for another four years. Great. So four more years, Brian Cashman. Mm. So he gets his deal. Great. That that was the official announcement from the Yankees yesterday. But that is not the official announcement necessarily the Yankees fans were looking for.
0: And we got that official announcement this morning. This just in. My phone is blurping all around. Tommy Canley mm-hmm. has gone back to the Yankees. Huge. That should relieve some of the I New was York media say, pressure. Pressure. Now I was like... We can exhale. We can (laughs) exhale. Tom
1: McKinley's back. So why are the Yankees at the top of the the pressure list right now?
0: Because if Judge does not go there, I don't know who else will want to. Mm. (laughs) Right? Think about it like that. Mm -hmm. Players who want to play for a competitive team Mm -hmm. want to go to the Yankees only if Judge is a part of it. Because if he's not, that team's probably not going to win the World Series. Yeah. And people want to win the World Series. Now, money talks louder than everything else, and... If you know Brian Cashman writes a big boy check and gives it to a baseball player, they'll probably sign there. But it becomes a much less alluring mm-hmm. free agent destination if you take out the guy who just hit sixty-two home runs. That said, uh,
1: say so he does sign with the Giants, do uh, this, the Giants look that much more appealing than the Yankees? In some ways, yes, but they were well much farther behind uh, than the than the Yankees were at least in twenty twenty two. Of course, a lot of that was Aaron Judge. If we're just copying and pasting 62 home runs, which is, I think, a fool's (laughs) decision, especially moving to San Francisco, (laughs) I would not bet on 62 home runs. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it, right? If the Yankees, we assume they're going to pivot, but do they become a lot less interesting if you don't have Aaron Judge on your team?
0: Let's talk about that pivot, which we got a pretty crazy quote last night. Yeah. Brian Cashman, who over the last couple of years, he says stuff. Some GMs. Don't say anything. Andrew Friedman of the Dodgers is world-renowned <laughs> for his ability to a lot, say a lot stuff of, a lot of and GMs. not say real. stuff.
1: Let's be real. Brian
0: Cashman says things. <laughs> and what did he say last night, Jordan,
1: yeah, about Aaron Judge?
0: Uh, and again, this is one of those things that that maybe
1: the tone was a little... Uh, it, when you see it in a tweet, it sounds worse. But again, you know, courtesy of, of Brian Hoke, a, a longtime MLB.com uh, Yankees beat writer, um, because right now there are a lot of other teams that have a lot of a lot of you know balls in the air, as they say, and you can ask him about a bunch of different moves. And right now, what's Brian Cashman getting asked about? It's Aaron Judge, and so he's getting a million Aaron Judge questions. And oh, well, what are you going to do? What do you do if he if if he goes somewhere else? Because that's possible, right? He might he might actually sign somewhere else. And uh, Brian Cashman said, "quote Listen, if Aaron Judge signs somewhere else, do we pivot and do something else? Do we remake ourselves completely? I have no idea. It's not what we want to do. It." This quote reads as if it's like he's going through the crisis in front of the media scrum. And that's not a great look. <laughs> but, but at the same time, it's one of those things that the, those are just not the, the words. I have no idea in any context coming from, from Brian Cashman. From Brian Cashman is, is just funny. I don't want to be too harsh on this quote because it's, it's just almost another way of saying talks are fluid. The offseason changes. every day's different. But it just looks funny to see a GM say, I have no idea what we're gonna do.
0: <laughs> we can't knock GMs for being boring and then knock them when they say stuff. Totally right? So agree. I, this is fine for me. Totally agree. It is true that Judge leaving is an emergency situation, right? <laughs> it is a bad situation for them. But when he says, I have no idea, there is a document yeah. somewhere on some, you know, in, in a folder yeah. on, on a Google Drive. Mm break in case of judge departure okay? yeah somewhere's his plan been
1: passed. we know the yankees front office while brian cashman is understandably the face
0: and will like always be the face seventy thousand people they, they have more. they have our
1: understanding is more front office people than any other team correct and so yes there has to be at least a couple of them that have been tasked to be like just think about this because as cashman has also been consistent about all offseason is saying look man we do not make, he, he said early on, we don't dictate the dance. Now, we also, this is the other quote from yesterday, quote, we would love to land the plane favorably, but we're not flying the plane. <laughs> and, and these are all, these are all like totally fair, real points uh, that you can understand. At the same time, he's, you, you also want to seem like, oh, we are confident in it but he can't go out there and said promising it because he has to prepare for that he can't say i'm i'm it's definitely going to happen because it's only going to make him look worse uh if it doesn't another this is another good way for saying what he said before in terms of i have no idea quote the way this winter is going to play out it could take us down a lot of different roads we didn't expect
0: yeah, we know that already. Yeah, but he's that, saying the, things that we already know. Yeah, I love the idea of landing a plane favorably. <laughs> to me, <laughs> landing a plane is a binary exactly. situation. Exactly, you either land it, or you don't land because it. Because, and that is the Aaron Judge situation. <laughs> it is honestly like landing a plane. You yeah. don't need the word favorably. Exactly, but favorably is funny, right?
1: Because even if you you land and it's bumpy and it's it's scary, you, you land it. It's good. You are on the ground now. Uh, And so that's a great point. I think it actually is the perfect analogy. (laughs) Even even if the terminology, the phrasing of landing favorably is very goofy, I actually think it's the perfect analogy. Next team to talk about, the Boston Red Sox. Ooh, that's now (laughs) the Red Sox. It's it's so funny because with the Red Sox and Yankees, they're both in two, two very different places. Red Sox coming off a last place uh, season where all the fans are mad. Yankees coming off a first place season where all the fans are mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and in in very in very different places. Now the what have we heard about the Red Sox so far, and why are they on this list?
0: The, the Xander Bogart situation is fascinating mm-hmm. because, but the Phillies pivoting. Not pivoting, but the Phillies, you know, they, did. In, they got they, Trey Turner. They
1: wanted Trey Turner. He was their number one choice, and they, and they got him.
0: So they're not getting Xander Bogarts, yeah. right? The Red Sox have seemed as if they are moving on from Xander Bogarts. Hmm. Now, that assumption is based somewhat upon their ability to extend Rafael Devers. And I am curious to see what they do moving forward. Because for me, it's like, okay, if they bring Bogarts back, that says something about the Devers situation. Hmm. And if they don't bring Bogarts back, that also says something about the Devers situation. Hmm. And I like that these two are still linked, even now, hmm. off the field. And I... I that entire cloud hmm. covers the current Boston Red Sox situation, which is... Chaim Bloom might be a little bit on a toasty chair yes I
1: agree with that but to me what's most interesting about the Red Sox is one of the the most fascinating teams that you can have going into any offseason is a last place team that has pressure to win because that that's just not the case in most situations you look around the standings like who are the other last place teams the Nationals the Reds The Rockies, Rockies, always in their own category. Not real. The A's and the Royals. And the Royals are a little bit different. Maybe they're trying to take steps forward. The Red Sox fans would still like to be good, actually, right? And they won 78 games last year. They weren't a traditional, they weren't a 100-loss team by any stretch. And so, but feeling that pressure of, we were just in last place you know, behind an Orioles team that, of course, surprised, and we love to see it. But going into the They're season, the Orioles. they were not supposed <laughs> Still to be the Orioles. in even fourth place. And so because of that, that just opens up the possibility, combined with the pressure on Hein Bloom, mm. entering what I, I'm not sure is the last year was contract. I think it might be. But either way, when you have that kind of pressure, it is, like you said, pressure makes transactions, as they say. And whether it's Bogarts or not, they are going to have to do something because I they are not in a position to just hang around and they've already been beat on a couple things they put out a we tried about jose abreu uh last night it was like they're trying to get tommy canely and then this morning the yankees signed tommy canely so that's a much smaller thing but it seems like the red sox are trying things and it's not working so far and so i i, I just want to know where they go from here
0: i respect the red sox posting their l's right <laughs> like they miss out on a guy they finished second like hey guys we tried it's like Love we that. Stop. I, I, yeah. I, I love that. You got to be upfront about about your struggles in life. The Red Sox are saying, "Look, we're not perfect. All right, we are waking up every morning. We're doing our best."
1: Yeah. I am fascinated by the by the we tried discourse in free agency in particular or or at the trade deadline is always my favorite uh, because, you know, do I want to think that my if if do I hear when I hear my favorite team tried
0: and didn't get the player? Does that make me feel better or worse? It depends on where your team is at. So, like, if the, when the Rays tried to get Freddie Freeman or Chris Bryant, like, that's great for Rays fans. They're yeah, like, I, oh, we I, tried.
1: Yeah, in that case. And it's like, okay, yeah, that is exactly what you should be trying to do. Yeah. But in other cases, it's like, all right, like, you're just telling us they're leaking that it didn't work out, and now I'm just sitting here without the player, and I don't feel any better. Like, why can't you close the deal? You know, X, Y, Z. So it is an interesting uh, dynamic in, in any offseason.
0: Let's move on to another team that has real pressure. As someone rolls a bike in to the floor of the winter meetings, mm. i got to meet that guy. Uh, the Chicago Cubs, Jordan, uh, every morning I wake up and I remind myself that the NL Central is a house of mirrors. It is a clown show. It is a winnable division that if you and I and 24 of our best friends here in San Diego bought a bunch of baseball gloves, we could finish third in the NL Central at present. Uh, the Chicago Cubs, therefore, have a whole lot of pressure to build a competitive team. They have the biggest peril capability of anyone in that division. Do they go out and sign one of the shortstops before we leave here? It feels as if they need to make a move. Yeah, and, and the reporting so far has
1: been that they have a meeting. I believe they just met with Correa. They, at Cubs fans, as I think we've already talked about, are as thirsty as it gets to add a legitimately awesome player I think I still think that they should be a team that's getting in the mix for a Carlos Rodon type because it feels like they do need pitching as much as they need hitting. Uh, At the same time, how much are they really trying to accelerate their their I, I guess we're calling it a rebuild here. The most interesting rumor, I think, came from Mark Feinstein yesterday that they're also contemplating doing two of them. You know, Cubs, some see some Cubs fans saying like, I don't want Dansby Swanson to be the best player we acquired this offseason. But what if you acquire him and Xander Bogart's? Or him and Carlos Correa somehow. Him and Brandon Nimmo for some reason. It sounds crazy. We just saw the Rangers do it, and I think if the Cubs do it, it'll feel like it makes more
0: sense. But oh, a it makes of, way more. Way, I was thinking about the Rangers too. It yeah. makes way more, way, way more sense, sense because, because they, of of the can, division, win. they because can win. Because win the of the division.
1: division, and 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 that is just a reality. And sure, you know, now with with the more balanced schedule, it's not quite as important because you're not playing your your teams as much but it's still the same teams that you're competing against and the talent that you're competing against and that is a context that you just cannot ignore that the Cubs have a faster path that it will not require as extreme moves or the better way to put it is that the extreme moves such as maybe signing both the shortstops could really push them closer uh, to St. Louis and arguably past Milwaukee already all right but the Cubs, yeah, I, I don't know if it's happening here, but I, I think that they definitely have to do something.
0: We are in San Diego. We are blocks away from Petco Park, which don't forget, named after a pet store. <laughs> the San Diego Padres have. Oh, this that's what Petco. Is. Yeah, named after a pet. It's just crazy to me. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Thanks just for clarifying. People yeah. should call it the the, the pet store. Uh, oh, you going to the pet store? Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> Yeah, see? let's see if you can—we'll we'll pitch that to, to some of the Padres fans here, see how they feel about it. Padres on the list. Now, why are they on the list? The Padres have—they have, they have brought this upon themselves in a great way. Self-inflicted they, pressure. They have been in, in the mix for everybody and have landed many, whether it's via trade or via free agency, over the last few years. And so we also have reporting that they were hard after Trey Turner— Reporting from Matt Gelb at The Athletic that they have actually maybe offered more money. They were the hardest for trade. Time. They were the hardest for trade. of all said that they offered more money uh, than the Phillies or at least a substantially better offer. I don't know if that means it was more than $300 million. I don't know if that means it was $300 million over seven years or eight years versus 11. But the point is, is, if they were willing to do that. That tells me that they are willing to do a lot of things because there's not that many more. The only player presumably that's going to sign for definitely more than that is either Carlos Correa or Aaron Judge, which maybe we can talk about that. But the point is the Padres are trying to do shit. They were also going after Jose Abreu uh, and fell short there. So they they want it, right? I mean, that's what Preller Preller wants the pressure and he wants to make stuff happen. So they and I, I think they'll do it. What what's, helps for them is that normally we're like, oh, well, also look at all the stuff the Dodgers are doing. How are the Padres going to catch them? The Dodgers are kind of chilling. They haven't really done anything major other than bring back Clayton Kershaw, and now Trey Turner is out the door. So that pressure isn't really there, but it's always in A.J.'s world. I mean, he's, he's, you know he's making phone calls.
0: The Padres have the perfect combination of a team that just made a deep playoff run, a team with a high payroll, a team with holes— Mm-hmm. And a lot a, of holes. And a team with a GM who does stuff. Yep. We will not enter spring training without the Padres doing something that necessitates a Jeff Passan alert on <laughs> your phone. That will happen, and it will likely happen but while we're here. Maybe the question is, will it
1: be a regular alert, or will it be an all-caps breaking? Because that is kind of the the distinguishing here. Are they just going to add some good players or are we getting a, what, a qualified, full-fledged pass and bomb? I'll say
0: pass no. Pass and gas. I'll say no. I'll say no pass and gas. Okay. So you're I'm think back just around. regular source tells
1: ESPN. You get like four tells. of them.
0: Okay. All right. I, I, that make, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. The last team that is under pressure here at the winter meetings is Team Boris. Mm. Number one baseball agent in the whole world, my wife, Scott I am, Boris. I am a Boris. I am uh, a Boris.
1: He is, I think, is scheduled to make his, do we call it a State of the Union? You know, he does the, the same thing as GM meetings. So yeah. it's, it's maybe multiple times a year whenever, whenever he appears in public. We have seen some of the Boris lieutenants. Floating yeah. around the, the meeting, but we have not seen Scott. I have seen him. You
0: have seen Scott. I saw Scott, yes. Okay, so we, got, we got lunch yesterday.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Jake, yeah. Jake's in, in deep there. So he will uh, presumably be addressing the, the, the Winter Meetings Crown. And the most interesting thing to note about him is that the only one of his clients to have signed so far is Matthew Boyd not the one that everyone was talking about and he did manage to secure him uh, a 10 million dollar deal one for almost every inning he threw 1 million for almost every inning he threw in 2022 love it love love it for Matt Boyd because of that there are a lot of options as to what the first big Boris uh, possible domino to follow. It's just to remind everybody who the Boris clients are that we're talking about at the top of the market, it's Carlos Correa, it's Sander Bogarts, it's Carlos Rodon, it's Brandon Nimmo. Those are the four at the very top, and then you move down. You know, Bellinger is a real wild card. We haven't heard as many rumors about him recently. Uh, Taiwan Walker is another one at the top. I believe Josh Bell uh, is also a Boris guy. So a lot of options. Jerks and Profar, another one. So the fact that none of those guys have signed yet makes me feel that Boris is waiting to see how the market shakes out, can maybe see where the prices are at, that he knows what the numbers are to beat, and to increase demand, right? That's just how this works. And so I'm fascinated to see what, what the first Boris guy to go is and if it does happen here.
0: Boris is many things. He is a showman. He is very, very good at his job. And he, le- he will leave the premier event of the winter having done something. Mm-hmm. And I feel confident about that. Now, maybe I'm biased by the fact that we sat in this very spot three years ago before the panorama. And we watched Mr. Scooter Boris procure enormous deals yeah, for a trio day. of uh, Anthony Rendon, Garrett Cole, stevens mm-hmm. Right? He was like, "Pop, pop, pop." I'm Scott Boris. Bah, bah. Yeah. Suck it. Yeah. Right? That did happen. That did happen. And so I just can't imagine a world where we leave San Diego on a plane and Scott Boris hasn't reeled in a big contract for one of his clients.
1: I agree. Um, however, in that case, he, those, were the, those were the biggest three. You know, I, th- I think Zach Wheeler was also that year, uh, but he, and, and not a Boris guy. But the point being, right now, Judge is still the focus, and we'll talk about more about him in a second, but Judge is still the focus. And so I don't know if Boris is also waiting for Judge. That would make some sense. So as much as we want to think that boris will will do something here he has so many of these guys and and as long as the the market keeps expanding as some of these guys fill these holes on on certain teams that are interested in his clients i don't know i i i think that he also might be waiting for judge and if judge doesn't happen here which seems like it probably will then maybe we we don't get a boris signing here
0: we're all just waiting for judge all right those are our top five teams Mm -hmm. who need to do something Mm -hmm. Before we leave the winter meetings, Yankees, Cubs, Red Sox, Padres, and uh, Scott Boris, we will be right back after the break talking a little bit deeper into the Padres. We're going to talk about the Houston Astros' bizarre GM ownership situation. And we're going to dive a little bit deep into the Aaron Judge Time article mm-hmm. that came out this morning that has, I think, the spiciest uh, quotes I've ever seen from Judge. Still a 2 out of 10 on the <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings Hot wing scale. <laughs> But spicier than judges ever said. We will be right back after a break. Negro Leagues Baseball Museum President Bob Kendrick hosts the Sirius XM original podcast Black Diamonds. The Negro Leagues didn't care what color you were, and they didn't care what gender you were. Can you play? Hear stories of the leagues and legends that shape sport, culture, and society. That's why the museum is so important. It's like, we are never going to forget you. Episodes of the award-winning Black Diamonds are now available wherever you get your podcasts. We're not talking about balls and strikes. We're talking about your life. And we're back here on Baseball Barbecast. Jake Mins, Jordan Schusterman. You know what doesn't get talked about enough, Jordan? What? Aaron Judge is from a census-designated place. Linden, California. Tiny Linden, California. We pretend like Aaron Judge is from San Francisco. Linden is very you much... You pretend like <laughs> No. People say, oh, he's going to go home. Yes. San Francisco. Just see where Linden is. Just, just, do, just a do a little Google mapping. a little Google mapping. That we're going to talk about Aaron Judge because he is the kit and the caboodle. There was a uh, report yesterday that he will be coming to the winter meetings today. Then there was a report late last night from John Heyman that maybe he's not. It's all very silly. It's all very stupid. I, I think he's coming.
1: Let me just say that. I do think he will be here at some point today. Just
0: like uh, Deion Sanders. I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. Aaron Judge, I'm coming. Will Deion be here?
1: Deion uh, will not. After Boris speaks, Deion comes in and just, just hypes us up. <laughs> he
0: just gives a pep talk to all the, the GMs. Um... <laughs> Aaron Judge has developed a reputation as a bit of a drab, straightforward, uh, not uncharismatic, but he doesn't do spice. Well, and because he's been on the Yankees, he is,
1: it's not that he doesn't do spice, he is a classic. It's about the team, right? Yep. We, not me. But now he does not have a team. And so it is me. Yes, me. <laughs> I am a free agent. I just hit 62 home runs. It is all about me. And God damn it. I love it. And the latest example of that is a, an extremely conveniently timed uh, article <laughs> naming Aaron Judge the time athlete of the year. Wow. He did it. I can't believe Brian Reynolds got snubbed. Can you believe that? Yeah, I know. That, that's what I want to talk about is, is, is
0: why not Brian Reynolds? Who, I mean. would have, who would have been your time athlete of the year? For me, I think I would have gone with Roger Maris Jr. <laughs> was my time athlete of the year for following Aaron Judge around. That, that took a lot of endurance. Uh, there are a couple quotes in this article that I would like to talk about. Written by uh, somebody named Sean Gregory. Shout out, Sean. Shout out, Sean. First is in regards to Judge's offer that he got. At the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. where right before opening day, Brian Cashman just kind of like said what was happening. Do You remember mm-hmm. this? Yes, that's he true. Like he was said like, the term. Here,
1: are the, here is the exact offer that we made that he said no to. What the heck, Aaron Judge? This was such a good offer.
0: Correct. And then Aaron Judge was like, LOL, sick. I mean, now, at
1: the time, I'll, I'll be honest, at the time, I was like... It's, should he be airing this specific uh, business in, in public? Probably not. But I was like, you know
0: what? That's actually not a terrible, a terrible offer. Correct. Now, Aaron Judge. Now it is. Now it's a terrible offer. <laughs> in the article, Aaron Judge said, hey, we kind of said, hey, let's keep this between us. I was a little upset that the numbers came out. I understand it's a negotiation tactic. Put pressure on me, turn the fans against me, turn the media on me. Mm. That part of it, I didn't like. The insinuation that. He, he's not a dummy. He knows what the Yankees were trying to do by releasing that information, making Judge look try and make him look selfish, and all he did was respond by hitting 62 home runs, and it made the Yankees look selfish. Do you think that there is any lingering animosity about how that went down at the beginning of yes, the season? Yes,
1: definitely. I don't know if that by itself will change the outcome of, of this sweepstakes. Like I think if he wants to go to the Giants... And, of course, if they offer him the same or more or whatever, that's why he's going to go, because he is, would like to leave. But there's no way it helps. <laughs> I mean, he clearly was thinking about it during the season, and, uh, and he made him look silly.
0: The other hilarious quote from this, <laughs> that it's really, really amazing. This is about uh, Judge's wife. Quote, in fact, his wife, high school sweetheart Samantha Brachick, remem- re- reminded him of a prediction he made in 2010 his senior year at Lyndon High School. Linden High! Quote, I said, in 10 years I'll be married to Sam and playing for the San Francisco Giants. Judge smiles. I was like, that better not get out. (laughs) So that is a hilariously timed, very convenient little tidbit about him dreaming about playing Mm. for the San Francisco Giants 10 years ago. Now, again, the money will talk, okay? Uh, When you're talking about millions and millions of dollars, dreams don't matter
1: yeah the question is uh as we talked to to grant brisby about earlier this offseason if aaron judge is indeed coming here uh to san diego to to make his final appearance before he signs with presumably the yankees or the giants do the giants bring in rich aurelia to close the deal no right no we we, we don't see rich aurelia no that that is an incredible uh thing to imagine is aaron judge is here and rich aurelia is here and very uh, much fewer of the guests here would recognize rich aurelia but aaron judge stops and he's like oh my
0: shit. god well
1: like, oh, out of the way like i need to go talk to rich aurelia that would be awesome i like
0: the judges acting like a star
1: yes this is my biggest takeaway here because as you said earlier he's always been team guy not giving interesting stuff but this is not an accident that this is coming out of the middle of the free agency i mean maybe during the winter is, meetings during the winter meetings maybe this is when time usually announces their athlete of the year i i don't know I don't uh, know what time they do it. What <laughs> time they do it? But at the same time, this is at the not same time. an accident at all. He is making this a spectacle, and he earned it, and I love it. Let's
0: switch gears here. I want to talk about the Houston Astros. Oh, okay. Houston Astros don't have a general manager. The team is being run by assistant general manager Bill Furkus, mm-hmm. but is really being run by owner Jim Crane. And Jim Crane who sat next to Jose Abreu during his introductory press conference, is really blossoming into, like, the Mark Cuban, Jerry Mm -hmm. Mm Jones-style owner who's perpetually around, Mm -hmm. always available, and is the one pulling the trigger, making the moves. That being said, Jim Crane is not here. Yesterday, assistant GM Bill Furcus said that Crane, Crane is, quote, the final decider on baseball operations moves, and deferred to Crane's prior comments about the team's priorities this season. That is from Chandler Rome. I, I, yep. liked, I like this quote from
1: Furcus. Um, this is from Brian McTaggart, uh, tweeted yesterday. Astros is a GM, Bill Fergus said, it's been a, quote, team effort in the absence of a GM, saying himself, AGM Charles Cook, AGM Andrew Ball, advisor Jeff Bagwell, and owner Jim Crane are, quote, working together to keep steering the ship forward which is great because the Astros are so good that they could be entirely on autopilot and they are going to enter next year as the favorites to win the American League. <laughs> and so, but the, I like saying that they're all, first of all, that's a lot of people's hands on the steering wheel. But we know it's, it's a lot real, of, it's really Jim Crane saying, hey, turn it this way. <laughs> it's a lot of
0: goatees on the steering wheel. That's what that is. Okay. I love the quote, the final decider that is an unbelievable
1: wrestling name i also think that that is maybe we've seen a lot in baseball over the last 10 years of title inflation what is that where you come up with a different title for your front office person that you don't want another Uh. team to hire where it's like oh man you know there's this guy we have he's an assistant gm he's really good at his job and i really don't want the dodgers to hire him away from us so we're going to promote him and make him the gm right this happened with brandon gomes we elevate Friedman to president of baseball operations. Same thing we saw with you know, Sam Fold becoming the GM, Dave Dombrowski. But maybe that is above president of baseball operations. Say there's a president of baseball operations that people are really trying to hire – but then it's like, actually, we've promoted him to the final decider, so that comes with all kinds of things that you can't even imagine, and so you,
0: you can't have him. Sorry, he's the baseball czar. <laughs> right. So, uh, Or the, I, I the one that. I like to use is the Trigger Man, right? We have all mm-hmm. these different titles in a front office, mm-hmm. but Trigger Man is like, who's pulling the trigger? Who's making the final decidering? Mm-hmm. the de- <laughs>
1: The decidering. That's what Aaron Judge is going to be uh, doing later, uh, his, his final decidering.
0: Let's wrap things up here on this episode, this morning episode on Tuesday of the baseball barbacast, Jake Vince and Jordan Schusterman. We did have a couple other signings that have uh, crawled their way across the mm-hmm. timeline over the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the one we got this morning, Tommy Canely, I believe two years, $10, 11000000 million uh, to the New York Yankees, a team that he played for where we first saw his enormous thighs i am excited to see him back in new york he made his name there by just chugging red bull and coffee remember that story he had like five red bulls a day
1: yeah i mean tommy Kaney was was pretty awesome there for a little little stretch i mean he was a very important part of uh, the yankees bullpen and then once he got injured he uh, took him a while to come back poorly timed at tommy john surgery but I mean yeah they they clearly know him well, and they liked having him around, so this is a pretty easy fit and to me, the most interesting thing about this is yeah, that the Red sox were were going for it, and then the Yankees not unsurprisingly uh were able to to convince him to come home home,
0: whatever that means it does seem like. St- Somewhat of a sign that the Yankees are, as obviously, they're planning to contend in 2023. That's not a shock, <laughs> right? Canely last year was incredible yeah, in a short once he stint came at the Dodgers. Yeah,
1: he looked really good. He looked really good. Uh, so that, that's, that's an easy one. Another reliever signing we did get was, was Carlos Estevez, which a lot of people, you know, he was kind of a sleeper one where it's like, let's find the reliever that throws hard that hasn't been actually good and put him on a smart team. Well... He ended up on the Angels. I don't know how much they qualify as a smart team at this stage, but they have made some savvy moves and are also clearly trying to contend in 2023. Uh, we'll believe it when we see it, but hey, it's an easy addition, and it also seems like he did have a legitimate market in this relief, uh, <laughs> expensive relief market frenzy.
0: I think this one is sneaky important mm-hmm. because I've been very vocal about how I think the Angels need to go for it. And for the Angels to go for it, they don't need to go get Trey Turner or Xander Bogarts and participate at the top of the market. The Angels need like 10 fine Mm. baseball players. That's it, right? That's what they need. They need people where if guys get hurt, they have other people that they can plug in when they get hurt.
1: And it seems like Estevez, if if they do believe they can make him a closer for likely way cheaper than, say, signing Kenley Jansen, I mean, you look at their bullpen right now. Before they signed him, their projected closers were. Do you know? It was it, it was listed again. This is you know FanGraphs roster resource. But no idea. Two guys: Jimmy Hergott. Oh, Herg Daddy. <laughs> and Ryan Tapera. You know MVP Ryan Tapera. Rest of their bullpen: Aaron Loop, Andrew Wants, Jose Quijada. You know Jaime Baria. So there are still additions that likely need to happen, even if Carlos Estevez is awesome. But yeah, I think this is a nice a nice little move and, and totally totally reasonable.
0: Anything else to talk about, Jordan? Before we ski down on out of here. Uh, Just a reminder: We will be back later today with another episode of Baseball BarbaCast live from the winter meetings. Jordan, we have a special guest. You want to tease that? Someone who is known to transact. Yes. Let's
1: let's leave it at that. (laughs) This is someone that we've wanted to have on the podcast for a long time. Hopefully, uh, you will be hearing uh, from him later on today. Uh, Jake Mintz, the Orioles have signed Nomar Mazzara in addition to Kyle Gibson. We didn't talk about Kyle Gibson. Would you like the Orioles? What, What? Realistic move you would like the Orioles to make?
0: No, Marmazara. Oh wait. <laughs> okay, so no Marmazara. Realistic move, uh, Aaron Judge.
1: Okay, thank you for I that think. answer. It was very helpful.
0: I'm excited to go to Orioles games next year and be like, No ma. <laughs> How many at bats for? No Mar All right. I am
1: seeing a, a report here at Mar MLB Trade Rumors. Pirates nearing deal with Harleen Garcia.
0: That means it's time to go. We, we need Jake to go. Mintz, it, is getting, is
1: it is getting crazy here in the lobby. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back later today. Thank you uh, to Chris uh, Tyler for helping produce this podcast. Thank you, Jake Mintz, for hosting with me. And we'll talk to you later today. I'm going to talk to
0: Jordan right now. You won't hear it, though. Sorry.
1: Series XM Podcasts.